Need a break from the horrifying reality of real life? Well, do we have a sexy deal for you. Go to adamandeve.com and use our special code HORROR for 50% off almost any item and free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. Order now and get ready to... like any of it hi everybody hey you guys hey what's up we're going in soft today it's <laughs> npr we're <laughs> opening today with a uh, podcast yeah with um i'm allison rayner and uh and, and i'm sam budget we're so glad to have you today just so glad you could join us on jazz plus jazz equals jazz <laughs> uh no we're we're not that calm no i wish we were we don't have those nice silky npr voices we are shrill i and wish we i are... could do the silky npr voice i love the npr voice i fall asleep to it a lot of nights i, I love like, sometimes our podcast sometimes i will hear chris with his like little reporter interview voice and i'm just like "Ooh, hello <laughs> anderson cooper known Oof. gay man but i'm attracted to both of them yeah um yeah you can so. look <laughs> yeah i know right um uh, but hey how are ya? hi guys welcome. it's us we're it's here another episode of i'm horrified <sighs> i'm another Sam. one i'm Allie. here we are again episode 94 episode 94 i'm so proud of us we we must decide on what we're we, gonna do we keep episode. saying we keep saying we mentioned this in like the 80s the first time oh we don't have any ideas do you guys have any ideas please tweet at us <laughs> Oh. It's momentous. It's so exciting that we're going to get to 100 episodes, but what do we do for it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't know. But, oh. uh, Sam, we're not going to worry about that right now. No, that's a that's worry for six episodes from now. What are we going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? Today, I'm going to talk about Clearview AI. Oh, no, an AI one? Yeah, sorry. Oh, they freak me out. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a break from the existential uh, crisis, actually, my uh, bad. Well, I'm going to talk about chewing gum. That, I, I find chew, chewing gum spooky. I buy that. Maybe. I'm excited to learn more. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, I want to get through with Clearview AI. No offense. <laughs> Let's I, just rush through I it. value you and your research, and I like he- like listening to you and your thoughts, but I, <laughs> I don't want to know anything about this. Well, sorry. There's uh, a couple of times I've just been like, I don't want to do this with you, and you're like, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm just like, just We've all been the there. truth. You've definitely, like, announced what you were going to talk about that day, too, and I was like, Ugh. I don't, I don't want to hear this. Gross. This isn't right for me today. Yeah. Sorry, guys, but we're going to talk about it. So, Clearview AI, you thought I was done being an old man screaming at a cloud, but you thought, wrong, Never. bitch. Never. So, facial recognition technology, specifically a company called Clearview AI, has been in the news lately. And I find it scary. Um, so today I'm going to break down for you what happened and why I scared. Okay, well, you're the only person I know who has to look at their computer to turn it on. So <laughs> That's true. My computer um, has facial recognition technology. So Sam will be in the other room, like, getting ready for an ep- episode, and I just hear her say, look at me. <laughs> look at me. Because your computer's not recognizing yeah. the face. And I'm like, just put a password in there. Every time I do it in front of my boyfriend, he, like, looks at me and he's like, what do you need? And what? I'm like, not you. <laughs> not you. <laughs> but then I'm like, but also, look at me. <laughs> See me. It's like an avatar. Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you. And they're, we just rewatched Avatar. We, just, the other we told day, them already guys. that we watched Avatar. We started as a joke. It's like, oh my God, we're going to watch Avatar. And then we're like, well, we're going to watch we're Avatar, watch I guess. Avatar. It's fine. It holds up mostly. I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. 
Um, okay, back to Cliff you and I. Oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I think of anything to talk about other than this. <laughs> so, yes, my computer does have facial recognition technology. It does not have Clearview AI. Clearview AI was founded in 2017 um, by two guys, um, Hohen Tonthat and Richard Schwartz, who are basically just both weird, rich dudes. Um, and it also got a lot of funding from Peter Thiel, who is like a known dick bag. So that's fun as well. Google him sometime if Great. you're interested. That's on his Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, so how does Clearview AI work? It's pretty basic. You take a picture of a person and you upload it to their application. And then it searches that picture against a ton of photos, a huge database of photos, and finds you matches. So basically it'll be like, yes, here's seven other photos of this guy from their Venmo and their Facebook mm. and their blog. And I feel stuff like, like I that. would just try to use it to see if I had an identical twin. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be a fun way to find out? Yeah. But it's like your identical twin's a murderer, so now you're a suspect. Or like, what did my mom and dad do to that twin? <laughs> or what did their mom and dad do to me? Oh my god. Can we talk oh about something else? Yeah. <laughs> so the yucky part of this, right now it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Sure, why not? The yucky part of this comes from kind of how this massive database of photos was created. The system's backbone is 3 billion images that Clearview says they have scraped from Facebook, YouTube, Venmo, and millions of other websites. Uh, basically, it can match up your Facebook photos with your Venmo profile pic with your mugshot. Um, okay. And then be like, here's everything you need to know about this, Alison Rayner. Sam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it or lump it, everyone. And this database they've constructed sounds very simple in theory, but it actually goes far beyond anything that has been ever constructed by the U.S. government or Silicon Valley or, like, anyone. Clearview really has the market on, like, the best, most giant database of photos. The technology to do this has actually been available for quite a while. Um, But, and this is, like, the only time I've ever heard of a tech company uh, thinking about the moral implications of something, tech companies have been capable of releasing the tool, but they have refrained from doing so. They stopped to ask if they should. In 2011, Google's chairman at the time, Eric Schmidt, said it was the one technology the company had held back because it could be used, quote, in a very bad way. And he elaborated, I'm very concerned personally about the union of mobile tracking and face recognition. And Schmidt described a scenario in which some kind of evil dictator could use facial recognition to identify people in a crowd and use that technology against his citizens, which is my fucking worry as well. Um, And some large cities like San Francisco have barred police from using facial recognition technology, but like not many have because it feels so like sciencey. It's like San Francisco is the only ones who are smart enough to worry about (laughs) it. And we're all like, what? (laughs) What's it called? But yeah, if Google is talking to you like, I don't know if we should do that. Like, you know, that's bad fucking shit. If Google's scared, you should be scared. Yeah. So, um, however, as much as people have been like, oh man, facial recognition technology, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, many law enforcement offices have, um, with no public announcement, like, started using Clearview in the past year. About the Clearview says the number is about 600 law enforcement agencies across the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is crazy to me that they can start using the service with no public scrutiny, with no like press conference no one talking or hearing. About it. They just like can sign up and start using it yeah. in criminal cases. Um, as reported by the New York Times, in February of 2019, the Indiana State Police started experimenting with Clearview. And they solved a case within 20 minutes using the app. 
Um, two men had gotten in a fight in a, at a park and it ended up when one man shot the other in the stomach and a bystander recorded the crime on their phone. So the police had a still of the gunman's face to run through Clearview's app. And they did that and they immediately got a match. The man had appeared in a video someone else had posted on social media and his name was included in the caption on the video. And the police said, quote, he did not have a driver's license and he hadn't been arrested as an adult. So he was not in any government databases. So basically, like, this guy probably never would have been found without the ability to search social media for his face. Well, that is good. Yes. That situation is fine. But it's crazy if you think about... What that means. What that (laughs) means. A bystander took a video on their phone and the police got that video and were able to find this guy in 20 minutes. Yeah, that's bananas. That's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. It's great that a man who shot the other man uh, is in jail, but... Well, it's also my thought is if everything were perfect, that would be fine. Like if it always worked perfectly and I always got the person who did a bad thing. But the truth is like that software could be wrong and then they show up, police officers show up at somebody's house and we know that some totally innocuous police altercations can end in people being shot like it just things happen like absolutely and and that's that's really scary and i don't know but it's like you know we use thumbprints and Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and if they had been at a mall they would have looked at the tape of the mall camera yeah oh boy oh boy i know and it's like a lot to think i was gonna talk about this in a minute but i'll talk about it right now um (laughs) let's get to it a fun fact is that clearview is racist so, oh, great. So that, has, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, if it's not, like, maybe it's better at discerning white faces than... That's exactly it. Yeah. It has way black more and brown photos faces. of white people, just for whatever reason. Yeah. And so it is way more likely to get, like, a wrong match on a person of color. And if I have to explain to you why it's dangerous that a person of color is, like, in... Be approached by the police. Be approached by the police, then... That um, is... Just Google anything. Yeah. Just, please, just <laughs> go on Google. And that is so not worth getting to... Uh, you know, somebody who's shoplifting faster. But in that case, maybe it was, oh, God, it's horrible. She's complicated. But no, nothing is worth that. Nothing is worth that. But so the app is said to be super fast. It can return matches even if, like, the photo's at a weird angle or if part of the person's face is covered. For example, the New York Times reporter tested this when he met with Clearview. He took one photo with them where he covered the bottom half of his face, like, with his hand. And Clearview still brought back seven confirmed matches. Wow. Which is crazy. But so we're talking about, like, is this fine? Is it bad? Um, It's bad. Here's something worse. The New York Times analyzed the computer code within the app, and they discovered it includes programming language to pair it with augmented reality glasses. And what this means is that users could potentially be able to identify every single person they saw. So you could just be wearing it out on your day and Clearview automatically would be being like, that's George Smith. Here's his Facebook. That's Lady something. This is her LinkedIn. Like, oh, here's Ellie Rayner. Here's her podcast website. Like, your glasses could just always be doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, um, for example, let's say you go to some kind of protest. <laughs> you could identify yeah. every single person at a protest. Let's say you see a hot stranger on the subway 
you could find out not only their name, but where they live and what they do and who they know. Any public information. Any of that stuff, just by glancing at them and being like, ooh, tell me about that cutie. And also, a lot of times it's hard to discern what's public and what's private. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I've looked for, um, like, I'm like, oh, I need a friend's address because I'm sending them a card. And I'll just be like, I think it's on Pine something. Uh And I'll Google, like, that name and Pine, and the address will pop up. I don't know how. But it's on there. But it's because I knew something because they had told me what the address is. But if I was a stalker, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to find it that easily. But if you have a system that's pulling every piece of information that has ever been out there, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things you wouldn't know are public just because you're a fucking human being. I'm not a, I'm not a computer engineer. I don't exactly. know how any of that works. Exactly. And it's like, this is a nightmare. Um, imagine being able that anyone could see your entire online history instantaneously when they look at you. Like on a small, dumb level, can they see my Tumblr? I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want them to see (laughs) the dumb fandom stuff I reblogged in 2015. But that's not the concern here. On a large, scary level, can they see where I live and how I move about my day? Fuck me up. They could see where I get coffee in the morning. Yeah. Where I go to school. Like all of that. Yeah. And as Eric Goldman, who's the co-director of the High Tech Law Institute at Santa Clara University, told the Times, quote, the weaponization possibilities of this are endless. Imagine a rogue law enforcement officer who wants to stalk potential romantic partners or a foreign government using this to dig up secrets about people to blackmail them or throw them in jail. Like the implications of this technology is just fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, And you might think like, but that's not really going to be a problem because Clearview AI is only going to license this technology to law enforcement. And the majority of law enforcement is good. That's a debatable sentence. Yeah, that's a, yeah, but assuming that. But let's say like, that's something you believe. You would still be incorrect because Clearview has licensed their app to at least a handful of companies for their personal security purposes. So that like they can set it up in their lobby and know anyone who's come into their lobby that day. Um, And even if it only stays with law enforcement, which still fucking sucks, Clearview says its technology is accurate only 75% of the time. And as BuzzFeed reported, that number can't even be proven. Like, some facial recognition technologies can get up to 90% accuracy. Clearview is not one of them. So if you get arrested, like we were talking about, because Clearview matched you up with a criminal, it might be wrong, and you're fucked. And like we were saying, this is even more dangerous for people of color, who are more likely to get these incorrect matches, and who are more likely to be victimized by police officers. Yeah, and it is more likely that altercations end in violence. Yeah. Whether or not they're guilty of anything. Exactly. Mm, I don't like any of it. (laughs) I I hate all of it. I know, it's all bad. And... When people use Clearview for facial recognition matches, law enforcement or whoever, you know who gets that data? Clearview. So New York Times report, the reporter who reported on this, Kashmir Hill, um, he was reporting and asked law enforcement to do a search on his face. He was like, put me in the app. He said, quote, at my request, a number of police officers had run my photo through the Clearview app. They soon received calls from the company representatives asking if they were talking to the media a sign that Clearview has the ability, and in this case, the appetite, to monitor whom law enforcement is searching for. Because he was a member of the media. So they knew, they saw this guy pop up, and they were like, oh, you know. You got a reporter over there? They're talking to the New York Times. But like, Um, oh my god, like, so Clearview can know all the people that law enforcement are searching for. That's kind of fucked up. Here's my thought, branching off of that. What if the person, all right, let's back up. (laughs) Sometime in the 2000s, a sentient robot 
came to being life. Okay. They were able to take over their creator's place. Or, like, mm-hmm. they were able to blend into society. Yes. Create Clearview AI. Oh, my God. And are introducing this through normal channels to set the seeds for a robot rebellion. So they first deploy all of this. Mm-hmm. But then we find out, like, the Clearview AI, like, master person. I don't know who came up with it or who's in charge of it. There's, like, a couple guys. They, like, rip their face off and it's a robot and underneath. it's a robot the whole time. Oh, my yeah. God. Very possible. That sounds airtight, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, and the craziest part of this is that Clearview can do all of this without the permission of the companies it scraped the images from or any of the people who are being Yeah, searched. they didn't even ask, like, Facebook or Twitter, did they? Yeah, well, like, Twitter and... public. Well, like, so that's the hard thing. Twitter and Facebook specifically say in their terms of service that you can't scrape images, but Clearview just did it anyway. And now those photos are in Clearview. So what can you do? And you the guy... You gotta do so- I mean, they... Yeah, ha- someone asked the founder and he was just like, oh, well, everyone does it. Which, like, even if that's fucking true, what the fuck? Well, oh, bye. I know. So my feelings about this in a lot of ways feel similar to my feelings about those genetic ancestry tests I talked about a while ago. Mm-hmm. And how the government can have access to those. Um, and how, like... Yep, yep. If that they, freaks me out. If they get your DNA, like, they kind of have your whole family's DNA and your kid's DNA. Like, they have at least a portion of it and they can put it together. And this makes me just feel like, leave me alone. Should I delete all my social media? Um... And so Clearview says they only use publicly available images and that if you change your privacy settings in Facebook, so search engines can't link to your profile, your Facebook photos won't be included in the database. But if your profile has already been scraped, it is too late. The company keeps all of the images it has scraped, even if they are later deleted or taken down from their original source. So fuck. Mm. And it's just like so unendingly clear that Clearview has not talk, thought about the greater ramifications of any of their work. It's classic Jurassic Park syndrome. Absolutely. And for me, it actually is bringing up something that I've been thinking about for a while, which is like kind of a tangent, but I think is related. Let's go there. Which is how much of the world, our world we share online And especially for us and the generation below us who have very much grown up with technology. Uh, In 2015, the New York Times reported that people around the world were taking one trillion photographs each year. And young people are taking a disproportionate number of them. And about a billion photographs a day are uploaded to Facebook alone. Yeah. This wasn't a problem for our parents or even like our older cousins. Like, if you did something weird or embarrassing or bad, it would maybe be, like, an anecdote people told about you. Or maybe it ended up, like, in a photo album in your mom's closet. But, like, there wasn't something like Clearview fucking AI who could scrape it and then project it into the glasses of anyone who looks at you. Yeah. And there are... I didn't think about that when I was a middle schooler. Exactly. And there are also a lot of babies in this world who have Instagrams run by their parents. So literally their whole life from the time they are born, is going to be available online. Yeah. And this reminded me of a story I read a while ago. There's this mommy blogger. Her name is Christy Tate. And she wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post that I found super fascinating. She's been blogging about her kids with pictures of them and their full names since they were in diapers. And then recently, her now seven-year-old found her blog. And the kid's reaction was like, why are there pictures of me on the internet? And all these, like, stories about me. I don't like yeah, that. I I wouldn't even think I I don't know that I was I'm not a parent. But yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. And so the daughter asked her mom to take it all down, and the mom said no, basically because like she can't compromise 
her writing for her daughter's privacy. And that other mommy bloggers have agreed to like go off of being online or use a, a fake name or something. But as she said, quote, I respect that approach and understand why it works for many writers, but it's not a promise I can make. Certainly, my daughter is old enough now that I owe her heads up and a veto right on the pictures or on portions of the content, but I'm not done exploring my motherhood in my writing. And sometimes my stories will be inextricably linked to her experiences. Promising not to write about her anymore would mean shutting down a vital part of myself, which isn't necessarily good for me or her. Fuck off. I know. She's very much couching this in the language of, like, self-help and, like, you know. That is so toxic, also. Because it's, like, you could do that writing and put it in the fucking closet. Yeah. You could write that for yourself. So that that thing about you expressing yourself creatively, do it. Write it in your journal. Mm -hmm. But if your daughter's saying she's not comfortable with the public aspect of it, what you're saying to her is, no, because I like the money that I get from it. And she wouldn't even, she was like, her daughter asked her to use a different name. And she's like, I guess I'll think about using a different name for you. That's like, I don't so really inappropriate to. to me. It's so outrageous. And it's just like, of course your daughter doesn't want you to publish pictures of her and stories about her growing up with her full name. If you thought about her feelings outside of like being a vehicle for your writing. Yeah. Of course she would eventually find that a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, right. You know right. what I mean? To whatever degree she does. Like, of course that would have to be a reckoning at some point. Yeah. Of course it would. So the fact that she was like, what? And even if a kid's like, yeah, I want to be on the internet. I like the likes. Like, they are children. Like, they might feel differently once they're older. Yeah, absolutely. But this is what Clearview AI brings up for me. Like, we all know and we all hear the internet is forever. But it is also for whoever, whenever they want. Oh, I like that line. Thanks. (laughs) So, like, this kid whose mom has been mommy blogging about her, like, someday she's going to be, like going out for a job and they're going to Google Natalie Smith and these mommy blogs are going to come up. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, what if there's not, like, it's just awful because it's not her choice. Yeah. I don't think she's writing horrible things. I don't think anyone would be like, oh, I'm not going to give her a job, but it's just, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It doesn't matter if it's a, fa- it's her choice. It's her life. It's her name. Yep. You know, it's not her mother's. It's not, it's hers. Yeah. It's important. And now that more and more technology can take advantage of the stuff that we put online, like, we have to be more and more mindful about what we are offering up to people. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm thinking selfishly to myself, of course when I have babies, I want to put them on Instagram. Of course I want to put their cute little faces on Instagram. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've never thought about it like this. I've never thought about it like this at I all. Know. I always do. I've always, like, I have no problem with you posting your kid on your Instagram. Like, obviously that's fine. But, like, some people, like, especially influencer moms, like. It is an influencer thing. Yeah. Like, I follow a bunch of, like, former Bachelor contestants, Also, it's right? public rather than private. Exactly. Also. That's a huge part of it as well. But, like, I follow a lot of Bachelor contestants on Instagram. Of course. And when they get pregnant, they start an Instagram for their baby and start posting, like, as if they're their baby, like, still in mommy's tummy, one month to go, and then, like, start posting pictures of their baby on their baby's Instagram. Who fucking follows those? From, like, the minute they're born. And it's like, that kid is going to grow up someday. To be a person. They're already, that's the thing is, I think it's not that they're going to be a person. They are a person. Yeah. They're a tiny person and they can't necessarily communicate in the Mm -hmm. ways that we do, but they're still a person. I think that's something that it's important for us to realize about all children is we think of children as children and adults as people, Mm -hmm. but children are people too. Like they're still people. Yes. And they have rights. Yes. 
So just like, I don't know. It just made me think about all this oh stuff. Oh my gosh, how much of I'm we freaking out. Open up online. The good-ish news is that since the story about Clearview AI broke, people have been pissed. Twitter sent the company a cease and desist letter noting that they had been in violation of the social network's terms of service. Clearview received a similar note from the New Jersey Attorney General who called on state law enforcement agencies to stop using the software. And the letter also told Clearview to stop using clips of New Jersey Attorney General Gerbier Grewal in a promotional video on its site that claimed a New Jersey police department used the software in a child predator sting last year. So New Jersey was just like, don't speak about us. We're done. Well, also, if they're doing a child predator sting, it's like, well, we may want to keep that private or might not want people to know that yeah. we're doing that. Like, sometimes you got to keep that stuff private so that people can't find out. Yeah, absolutely. If you're doing stuff. And even more recently, 40 advocacy groups led by the Electronic Privacy Information Center wrote to the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board, which is like an independent body within the executive branch, asking for the president and the Department of Homeland Security to expend, to suspend the federal use of facial recognition. And the group directly decided, cited Clearview in its letter. It was like yeah, specifically this is the problem. because of Clearview, stop doing this. And that letter came after an Illinois resident sued Clearview in their state district court alleging the software violated the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act by collecting identifiers and information like facial data gathered from photos on social media. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's a law in Illinois about this. Um, and Clearview's like, well, Illinois law doesn't apply to us. And it's like, but it, maybe it does. Good. Stop fucking doing what you're doing. We're going to do to you what Illinois <laughs> did to you. Amen. So that's all great. Let's all fight against Clearview. And also, for real, I might start deleting my social media and go back to photo albums. I Well, I love uh, a scrapbook. Yeah. I love the act of scrapbooking. I love a physical photo. I also think, here's another thing I think. Yeah. I'm going to give you something a little lighter. Give me it. That I think is something that we could all um, reflect on in a more positive way. Yeah. Is that something? Um, I have long thought a lot, and I, I'm not the only person to think about this. There's a lot of people who write about this. Um... Uh, Susan Sontag actually wrote really wonderfully about Ooh. photography and the the point of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's a lot of documenting that we do. Like our whole lives have been about getting excited by new technology to the point where we use it without really thinking about it purposely. So when I had a little flip phone, I would take pictures of everything. And I didn't think about the fact that it was blurry to the point that it was useless. Yes. I, I wasn't thinking about capturing a moment. I was thinking about using that device. And so at this point, you know, we've gotten to the point where we have things that are like nearly digital or nearly um, film quality in digital. You know, there's always going to be a difference between film and digital, but like the digital that we have is so incredible. And so we do all of this documenting. I have something like, you know, 10,000 photos yeah. in my Google photo bank. Um, but we've kind of forgotten or just kind of thrown to the wayside the importance of curation. And I think curation is a really curious word and something we usually only think about in terms of art. And we yeah, think about like it in terms museum. of visual art and in terms of museums. But we curate so much about our lives, like, you know, our style, our aesthetics, the way we put our houses together, the way we put our outfits together, like, there's so much, and that's kind of a dulling down of curation, but when, mm -hmm. I, when I talk about, like, 
photos, if you think of photos in, in terms of, of what they are, which is pieces of art, it's pieces of memories, or, or just, you know, something to remind yourself, like you could take a picture of a receipt and that's maybe not art, but you know, like there's this element to memories that we capture that's dulled down when you have 20 of the same photo and they're in a bank of 15,000 and you're never going to look at it again. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to have a moment with that photo ever again in a meaningful way. And I do think it's really important. And you can do this in a lot of different ways. I personally do it with scrapbooks. And and I think about how I want things to flow. And I think about what particular elements and from photos that I want to incorporate in it. But it's just like, I think there is something to that idea that you can't just document, 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 document. Because as you keep documenting all of those tiny memories and things that you might want to reflect on or hold tight to or like the things that kind of change over time because those memories tend to change as they move forward like it's just going to get more and more lost if we don't punch a little curation in there and really think about how we memorialize those moments um so that's something that I have given thought to and it's had, it's helped me to have a little bit of a better relationship with my phone as mm-hmm. well. It's helped me to have a better relationship with my phone when I'm out and I really think before I take a photo with my phone. I'm like, do I need to capture this? Mm-hmm. Is this something I want in a photo form or is this something that's not going to benefit from a photo and I should just be here and I should just be experiencing, it. yeah. Um, and I hate to sound like an annoying 50-year-old, like, it's like, oh, you go to a concert these days and all the kids are on their phone. I'm not begrudging anyone anything. But I have noticed I, if you if you do some like self inventory of like do I just feel like I don't want this moment to get by without me getting some proof of it? If you try to take that away and try to think about you know what a photo means to you, what it might mean looking forward, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot different sometimes what you actually want. Usually all I really want is pictures of people. I don't need vistas that I could find online. I don't, it's just like, it's mostly about people to me. And so I don't get obsessed over like taking photos of a building, you know, without me in it because, and you know, and it's hard as a person who has a lot of hangups and self-esteem issues. I don't want to have my photo taken, but I look at the pictures I have of my parents and my grandmother and all these kind of things, and I'm so grateful so that they took some that that they took so many. So, ladies, don't worry about your double chin. Take the photo. Amen. Um, but yeah, couple things that are a little less global to consider. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because I'm trying to chill out from the Clearview AI stuff that you just told me. I'm sorry, but they could find you if they wanted to. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> okay, it's hurting. I'll never talk about it again. <sighs> do you have any, no? Do you have anything else to say? No, that's I'm so it. curious about it, but I hate that you're telling me about it. I hate it. It's, I know it freaks me out so bad. No, it makes me feel exactly the way that Jed Match and like DNA testing made me feel, where it's like you don't know who has access to that now, bitch. DNA testing didn't bother me that much. Oh my god, it bo- bothered me so much. Didn't bother me that much because if I do it, they have my grandkids' DNA. <laughs> I mean, sure, but. <laughs> I don't know. The photo thing freaks me out a little more. All right. Well, there you go. Well, I'm glad then that I finally got to you. <laughs> you get to me all the time. <laughs> Talk uh, about chewing gum. What do I think? Oh, chewing gum. It's time to segue. I had a tough time thinking of my segment today. Oh, my gosh. So what may have happened is I took a pretty benign topic <laughs> and chose to catastrophize it. I love that. So if you find if you find me doing that, all I'm going to say is that I've warned you. <laughs> 
I'm looking forward to it. All Let's right. go. All right. So have you ever wondered, is gum bad? Yes. Turns out it is. It's really bad. <laughs> Great. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Oh, no. All right, let's begin with why people chew gum. Because it sounds like a good place to start. Like, yeah. what's gum? I'm not actually going to tell you what gum is. It's gum. It's it's chewing gum. It's a bunch of chemicals. Yeah. It's chewing gum. Um, And I'm going to start off with an excerpt rather than waiting till later in my segment, which I usually... I usually hit you with a hefty excerpt... Halfway through. Two-thirds of the way in. Absolutely. No, we're going to take... It's from Time Magazine... Um, from tree resin to paraffin wax to juicy fruit, people have chewed gum or gum-like substances for thousands of years. So it makes sense that there's more to the habit than fresh breath or a little masticatory diversion. The word masticate upsets me. It means chewing. Yes, For anyone who doesn't know, know. You know. But it's just, like, masticatory? I don't like it. No. Well, it feels like, you know, if you masticate... That's not going to be get you any closer to God, so you should probably just burn off your lips. I agree. This is a reference. This is a reference for our last episode. The on last episode. I'm J H K. I'm talking about how masticate and masturbate sound pretty similar. It's your boy J H K coming at you with <laughs> acid me. on your genitals. Yeah, boy. Um, fuck. All right. So chewing gum can boost your mood and alertness while combating stress. That's according to several recent studies, including one 2009 effort from Australian and UK researchers. There is evidence that chewing increases blood flow to the brain, and this may contribute to the increase in alertness that is constantly associated with gum chewing. Oh, interesting. In terms of gum's mood-elevating anti-stress powers, Sholi, Sholi, that's a doctor they were quoting. Interviewing, yeah. I don't know who it is. Dr. I didn't look it up. I didn't, I didn't keep the whole quote in. I don't know what to say. Um, says, chewing gum seems to reduce your levels of stress, of the stress hormone cortisol. Another study, this one from Eastern Illinois University, found gum helped high school students relax while taking the ACT. I was hungover when I took my ACT, so I was pretty relaxed. I read somewhere that if you're chewing a, like, a notably flavored gum while you're studying, and then you chew that same gum while you take the test, you'll remember it better. That sounds like bullshit for people who don't really study that much. Well, I passed college. Did you do that? I tried it once or twice. I don't know if it ever really... <laughs> Did you do that? I don't remember you ever telling me about that in college. I tried it once or twice. I was a pretty good student, so yeah, I was never I like, think you that either nervous. study or you don't. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing that's like, oh, well, if you say it five times fast and you won't forget <laughs> it. It's the kind of thing that, like, the bad kids do right outside <laughs> the classroom before the test You're starts. like, all I gotta do is chew this gum. I'm joking, but you know what I mean. All right, so, and then that, that segment ends with, but exactly how gum pulls all this off is still a bit of a mystery. Mm. Well. Well. Sam. Allison. I'm here to tell you. Yes. That that's a crock of bullshit. <gasps> how that dare. That Time Magazine, probably well-researched information, is lying. Lying. Fake news. It's fake news. It's absolutely it's fake, fake news. news. Um, I'm going to tell you why gum is going to ruin your life. It's going to give you cancer. Mm -hmm. It's going to make your husband divorce you. Sounds about right. It's going to give you wrinkles, yep. but in crevices that you didn't even know you could get wrinkles. The world is so bad that I'm just like, yep, sounds, that tracks. Sounds, yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This give is going to be scarier than Clearview AI. Ruin my day. I will. Number one, it's bad for your teeth. Mm -hmm. You could have told me that, I bet. I probably knew that. 
the bad bacteria in your mouth feasts on sugar before it makes its way to your stomach. Mm -hmm. So the more sugar that's in your teeth, especially if you're like smacking on it, like which is how I chew gum. I make that sound (laughs) whenever I chew gum. I have been asked to leave several flights. Um, I can't really chew gum anymore because of my clicky jaw. You do. I feel an endearment to your clicky jaw. (laughs) Because we used to live together and you would sleep next to me. And so I'm very in tune with all of your (laughs) kind of strange sounds. But your jaw clicking when you would brush your teeth or something is, it sounds home, like home to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting dinner with um, our secret third podcast host, Becky, right, the other night, right. um, who we all used to live together and we don't anymore. Mm-hmm. And Becky was like, What is that noise? And what I was like, What do you mean, like, what's that noise? We've been listening to that noise for seven years. I was like, I think it's my clicky jaw. It's your jaw. And Becky was like, Oh my God. That's the clicky jaw. I can't believe that I hear the clicky jaw again. I, I had stopped hearing it after living together. You're like, Wait, what is that call? Yeah. But no, it's, I have a little bit of a clicky Can jaw. you make it happen? I, I probably have one in me. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's louder. Yeah, it, it gets louder sometimes if I'm like, if my jaw is tired. And I've asked many people, like, why is my jaw clicky? And they all say to me, it's fine. So, yeah, that today's a quiet jaw day, but sometimes it's, she's clicky. You have a very delicate bone structure. Maybe that, I don't know, you have like <laughs> a small you. face. Like you have a small, like you you have like a very well-defined like cheekbones, jawline. I know. So maybe it's all sharp edges in there. That's so true. it's a little clicky. Yeah, for listeners of the podcast, I'm gorgeous. She's, so. yeah, it's difficult to look at her because it's, it's like looking directly into the sun. I hear that from people a lot. You are a very beautiful person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, no, 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 but, but for listeners of the podcast who have never Googled what I looked like, I'm incredibly beautiful. <laughs> I am upsettingly nice to look at. Like, like think about Giselle Bunchen. Disgusting. She's like a rat-faced <laughs> toad Ugh. compared to Sam. Angelina Jolie. I feel mean. I feel mean joking about the fact that you're beautiful. Because you are. Like, you're a beautiful <laughs> woman. No, like, I'm, a, I'm a perfectly, averagely beautiful woman. We're both very happy sixes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are, yeah. I think we're both sevens and our personality bumps us right up to an eight. That's oh, our personality is all nine territory. Come on. I also love that we just said Come our on. personality is if we are one being. Let's be um, real here. Okay, I'm so sorry. Back to chewing gum. Yeah. Um, yes. I, what was I saying? It's bad. It's, it's bad. very bad. It's incredibly it's bad. It's so bad. It can cause, so the bacteria feasting on sugar, riddling your mouth, can cause tooth decay, plaque buildup, and then dentists have to use those scrapey things where they clean out your teeth. And it makes me want to chop my head off because feeling the little, it's bad. like, scrapey thing on my teeth is like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Did I, I tell you it. about the time that the dentist was so mean to my mom that she actually made life changes and got better as a person? Yeah. Yes, but I forget it. I forget it's, the story. She is Jill okay with us sharing she, this with the masses? Oh, yeah. She's fine. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I shouldn't be sharing her name after we just talked about Clear View AI. Um, my mother, whose name I will not share. I'll yeah, like, you can just put a little, like, beep. <laughs> Jill ding. Um... She um, didn't use to floss as well as she does now. And so she went to the dentist and they were like, oh, we need to get up in there. So they individually, they, they like brought her in on the second day. They lifted up all of her gums <gasps> so they could scrape underneath them. No. And then like put the gum back down and then move to the next tooth and lift up her gum. fucking kidding me? So she was in pain for like days afterwards and it hurt so bad. She flosses now. <laughs> she consistently... Twice a day, oh every day. God. I don't even know flosses. what kind of acute trauma I would need to floss every day. To floss day. every day. I really don't know. Millennials don't floss. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. I don't, 
I maybe that's gross. Like I feel gross saying that. No, but, but I, I never don't. Floss. I always brush my teeth, but I, I don't. Floss. I floss if there's something in my teeth. I want a water pick. Those are supposed to be great. I want a water pick. Yeah. I feel like also a water pick for my. I don't have a lot of like body compul. I have OCD, but I don't have a lot of like body compulsions mm-hmm. and things like that, or like cleanliness. Yeah. Anything like that. But I do feel like it would soothe a lot of my anxiety if I were able to just, like, water pick out my teeth. There you go. Christmas be is coming in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my birthday is coming up, and I'll That's tell you true. when it is, and then Clearview AI will tell you it later. <laughs> Let me tell you my social security number. It is. It's <laughs> Is that enough numbers for a social... I don't think so. Eight, six, seven. No, it's not. Because social is three, two, four. Seven, five, three, right? oh, nine. Yeah, you need two extra ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. That's all right. What if that was like, what if they had two extra numbers and that was somebody's social? Then we just totally fucked them over for Clearview AI. Yeah, we go into a bank with huge sunglasses. <laughs> we pretend to be them. And we're like, account number eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. I have to talk about gum. I'm sorry. It makes you want to eat junk food and hate fruit. What? Time Magazine referenced a study done by Dr. Jennifer Temple, who discovered a correlation between chewing gum and reaching for salty, high-calorie foods and an aversion to fresh fruit. So, like, people who chewed gum would want to eat junk food, but they didn't want to eat any fruit. Interesting. Because mint kind of puts you off to fruit. Oh, interesting. And maybe it was all gum. Maybe not just mint gum. She also learned that people who chewed gum all day um, ate less frequently but ate much more poorly when they did eat. So they wouldn't eat as many meals, but the meals that they did eat were much higher in calories and didn't have as many complex proteins, carbohydrates, etc. Interesting. And it's fine to eat junk food. Do whatever you want. I do not care. Absolutely. But you don't want a piece of gum telling your brain what to eat. That's so true. You want your brain to tell your brain. That's fucking crazy. That's like the clear view AI of your brain (laughs) getting in there and being like, you should eat a donut. (laughs) And it's like, I was going to eat a donut, but now that you've said that I want to eat, that you want me to eat a donut, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll eat a pear and a donut. Hopefully. And then a donut, like a a donut and then a pear and then a donut after that. Maybe I'll eat a donut, but it's got like fresh pear on it. Yeah. Like chocolate. And then I go get a normal donut. Yeah. <laughs> with chocolate on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that ain't right. Number three. While we're talking about the subject of dieting and chewing gum, a lot of people tend to chew gum to avoid eating and lose weight. That's like a common thing that people have done. And there's also that like bullshit diet gum that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So any flat tummy shit is garbage. True. So... I'm also just going to say for the record that all bodies need to eat and no healthy lifestyle involves routinely denying your body what it needs. Amen. However, if you want to be healthier, that's fine. But obviously chewing gum does not work towards any kind of weight loss solution, not only because it's stupid and, and because of the two points above, but because chewing sends signals to your brain that you're hungry. Not so you're kind of doing, it's backfiring. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't be doing that anyways, because you should just be loving your body and trying to give it what it needs. Yes. Um... Also, my hot tip, which is just science, is that if you're feeling like you don't want to be eating more food, but you're getting, like, hungry signals, drink a nice big glass of water and maybe eat, like, a healthy snack, like nuts or apples or something, and that way you don't feel like you're denying yourself, and you're not chewing gum to stop from eating like a crazy person. I agree. Don't do that. That's a much better trick. All right. Number four, it can give you headaches. Interesting. Headaches, Sam. ScienceDaily.com says... One study suggested that gum chewing causes stress to the 
temporomandibular joint. Fuck yeah. Or the TMJ. That's I'm not going to do it again. No. <laughs> the TMJ. The TMJ. The place where the jaw meets the skull. TMJ dysfunction has been shown to cause headaches. So you're basically just tearing your fucking skull apart. Oh my God. Chewing that gum. Why are you doing that, Sam? I'm not. Sam! Why are... Oh, you just... <laughs> <laughs> she just looked me dead in the eye and did the jaw popping. That is such a bold move. Oh my God. Number five. We're going to talk about TMJ still, but it's a different part It's of a it. different aspect. So I just mentioned that TMJ dysfunction is bad. I'm going to tell you how bad. How bad is it? Theladders.com, that's <laughs> nothing, that's a nothing site, um, says it predominantly affects the jaw, jaw joint, and surrounding muscles, leading to severe pain anytime you try to move your jaw away from its typical closed alignment. It hurts to chew food, it hurts to laugh, pretty much everything related to moving your mouth hurts. So now you can't eat food or feel joy because you're chewing gum. You're chewing too much gum. Now I'm thinking about, um, who's the girl in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory who chews too much Violet? gum? Violet? You're turning Violet, Violet? Is that her or is it Veruca? No, I think it is no, Violet. No, you, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet because she's chewing the gum that's a meal and then she gets to dessert and, and it's, it's blueberry, blueberry pie, pie and then she turns into a blueberry. So she couldn't feel any happiness or joy because she was chewing too much gum. Mostly because she was a blueberry. The both, though. They're connected. <laughs> yes, yes, correct, correct. Um, number six, it can cause indigestion. When you chew gum, you're taking little bubbles of air into your body every time you open your mouth. This was also from that bullshit website, so I have no idea if any of this was true. I'm it just probably is. It probably is. I just couldn't think of something better to talk about. <laughs> I think this is a great I think this I'm just is a great leaning, topic. I'm leaning, I'm Cheryl Sandberg leaning yes, in. Yes, Meaning that I'm not fully <laughs> leaning in with all of the information about, like, the nuance in this world <laughs> and this country. So this can lead to bloating, discomfort, excess gas, and if you have stomach problems, they can worsen. no. All right, number seven, the last and most egregious of them all. Lay it on me. Gum murders dogs. That's true. Yeah. I mean, great. So this was a great episode, you guys. Thank you so much. I have to tell. Um, <laughs> Sam's like, I have to go cry. <clears throat> no, I just, yeah, I need a little bit more context on that. It's true, Sam. I, I believe you. I just need a little no, bit. No, you're using your I don't believe you voice. I need a teeny bit more context. Many sugarless gums include the ingredient xylitol for sweetness. And so, although xylitol can be found in other sugary foods, the main culprit is sugar-free gum. And according to the FDA, symptoms of xylitol poisoning can occur in 15 to 30 minutes. And deaths can occur in as little as an hour in little puppies. Oh. And in 2015, a couple was profiled on CBS News to bring awareness to this issue after their sweet girl, Luna, ate some chewing gum with xylitol in it and passed away. Oh, that's very sad. And that sad. is the worst thing that could ever happen. Poor Luna. And I personally think all types of gum in every country should be banned. And lit on fire, like in Sleeping Beauty, when they light all of the spinning wheels on fire. Exactly like that. In Luna's honor. In Luna's honor. So if you chew gum, you're a bad person. <laughs> and you, I hope bad things happen to you. Bold. And that's it. And that's it. And I'm not making this sound overly intense because I couldn't think of anything else to research. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever talked about. Absolutely true. Allie, thank you so much for bringing truth to power. You're welcome. <laughs> 
You're welcome. I feel good. I feel like the Lord's work hath been done. Do you feel better than when I finished my segment? About <laughs> yeah, I do. Because this isn't a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, chew gum. I don't care. Yeah. It's I like not to great. chew gum in I airports. I mean, don't. It's not great for you. I like to chew juicy fruit gum. until I don't chew gum regularly. I like to chew juicy fruit gum until it loses its flavor and then spit it into the trash can. Nice. Yep. That's powerful. Yeah. It's like you're powerful. not useful to me anymore. There you go. <laughs> feels very like Carol Churchill. Nice. Top Girls. Another theater reference. I did theater references in my last episode. There you go, you guys. There we go. The musical theater kids are just freaking out. Oh, do you want to do some listener stories? Yeah, let's do a listener let's just story. Do the, let's just do the um the one on Twitter. Yeah, we had you guys go on Twitter and tell us a couple of your horrifieds. You can either respond to our tweets or you can DM at I'm Horrified Pod on Twitter. Please let us know if you have any stories you'd like us to share. But here's a We have short a fun, one. quick one. We have a fun, quick one. We really appreciated this one. So this is from at Fantastic Ford Me. His name is Mark. That's funny. <laughs> and he said, uh, not embarrassing, but horrifying, as a teenager being dragged by my mother to her prison ministry at Attica Prison during the late 80s. She worked at Attica. I love that. And spending the afternoon sitting across the table from the son of Sam, David Bergowitz. Not, Son of Sam. Not only was I horrified, I was terrified. Not cool, mom. <laughs> oh, and then I think I think like their sibling. I think her. I think that's his mom. Is that was his like mom? that's confirmed? This yeah. happened. Verified. A classic family story we often reminisce on. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much. What was his name? Mark. Thank you so much, Mark. Mark, thank you for sharing that. Please let us know what the Son of Sam was like. Yeah, I mean, did he freak out? Or I, I assume bad. I assume, I assume he wasn't was bad. fun to hang yeah. out with. But uh, we love to hear it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, this has been great. Yeah. Throw out all your chewing gum. Tweet at us with your horrifieds. And then also delete all of your social medias. And then maybe delete Twitter right after. <laughs> but until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified. Stay horrified.